Life Audio. Oh, darling, take heart and remember it's just a stage. Oh, darling, take heart and remember to turn the page. Hello, hello. We're back. Welcome back to Unfiltered Parenting with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we proudly deliver the real deal of parenting to y'all completely unfiltered. It's the only way we know to be. It's it's just how God made us. Yeah. That's it. And we don't know how to sugarcoat it. We don't. We don't. (laughs) Much much to um some people's chagrin, but it's just who we are. And, um, and people love us or hate us for it. So that's right. There's no <laughs> in between, no in between. So we are, we're so glad to be back with you. And, um, we have a, we have a, a good episode for you. But before we dive in, here is a word from one of our sponsors. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way. Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face to face with them. You can find emotional freedom. Learn to see through the haze of conflicted feelings and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find the freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. And we are back. So, Today we're we're actually going to talk about um, we're actually going to talk about bullying and bullying with kids. Um, but before we do that, uh, Reagan, how how's your week been? Well, I just had to pause and think about what day it was. So we are recording this on a Tuesday. I feel like it should be like a Thursday, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel I feel so exhausted. I don't feel like it should be a Tuesday. This morning, like you hear these stories of moms who, when they take their kids to school, that they look horrendous or they have no shoes on or they're wearing a robe. And I am here to tell you that I am that mom. As God Mm -hmm. is listening, I, I typically go barefoot to drive them to school. I was in a robe this morning. So Abby and I, for those who don't know, Abby and I both live in the South. I'm in North Carolina. Abby is in Texas. And so 
it is not abnormal for October to still be warm. I mean, you know, over the last two weeks, we were still hitting 80 degrees. And I don't know what happened, but overnight it has gotten so cold and mornings are freezing. So I looked like a mother who just escaped from, I I don't know, but I had on this massive robe of my sons, my oldest sons, and I looked like just something scary. And all the teachers, I don't know how they do it at your uh, elementary school, Abby, but all the teachers line up and I like hate it because they're being so sweet, but they open the door. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They open the door. When you open one of my car doors, like, like four or five things are going to roll out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like random shoes, old bottles, like now, an old chicken nugget. Ch- yeah. Now they're chasing your crap down the road. Now they're ch- and, and literally I just, I used to get mortified, but now that we're kind of, I don't know, we're in the school, we're in October. I've just, I've swallowed my pride and they just know this is the woman who looks like she's homeless and her inside of her vehicle. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, you did it. You opened it. So right <laughs> now you're responsible for whatever comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was my morning. I'm just trying to, to get more humility into my life, I suppose. But <clears throat> that happened my, to me one time. I, okay. So toward the beginning of the school year, Oh, I don't know what Doug was doing. I Maybe he was already at school or I don't know. Or maybe he was out of town. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, I was like, okay, it's just me now. It, it's just me with the kids this morning and I'm going to totally rock it. And I'm going <laughs> to, the kids are going to get to school, you know, on time because people that don't know me, I'm late everywhere. So I was like, everywhere. Not- yeah, I was like, not this morning. <laughs> this morning, there will be no tardies. Uh, everybody's getting to school on time. And so, you know, and there's eight kids. So I'm like, it's fine. Totally fine. So I've got the it. Night I've before, got it. Night before, everybody, you know, what we do in our house, everybody has to, you know, pack their snack or their lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night before, get your water bottles together. We did that. So everybody gets their clothes. Our kids wear uniforms. So... Um, everybody got their shoes together and everything, you know. So I was like, "We got this! Like we're gonna get there." So <laughs> no <early."> brainer. <laughs> okay, so I was so confident. I'm, you know, in the car. Uh, I'm rolling up to school, and it's like seven fifty-five, seven fifty-six, and I'm like. Ugh. I'm here like five minutes, a whole five minutes early. Yeah. Like this is amazing. And right as I'm pulling up, I'm noticing that the people, you know, that like do the patrol, like in the morning, they're like yeah. pulling up all the cones and all the traffic. And I'm like, what? I'm what's like, happening what, here? What's going on? And my kids are like, we're late, mom. We're late. The bell rings at 7.55. It's 7.56. Well, I thought the bell rang at 8. Why? Why does the school do that? Why does the school do an odd time? Why Why don't we do 8 o'clock? 
8.30. Like, not like right. eight, the bell rings at 8.17. Like, what? Right. Who right. does that? You know? Right. So I was like, oh, man. So I, but I was so confident that we were getting there early. <laughs> right. And that right. I was not going to have to get out of the car. I went to school to drop them off in my nightgown <laughs> with no bra on and a robe and no shoes. So I had to go into the school. You did not. Oh, oh. I did. I did. Because I, I had to go sign them all in because they were all tardy. All eight of them were tardy. Oh. So I had to pull up and I felt like I was making a walk of shame. Right. Uh, into the school, barefoot, brawless, in a robe, up to the front. I mean, thankfully, it's a small private school, and like everybody knows everybody. But and they right. were cracking up; they were like dying laughing. But I was like, "And oh. this is humiliating." Oh my so, gosh! But I tell you what, I will never forget that the bell rings at seven fifty-five. So now, right uh, now, I'm like, I either have to get ready to do the to do my tardy walk um, or I have to get my kids to school on time. So oh it's so bad. One year, my kids had like, this is shameful, okay? But it's so bad. One year, my kids had like 28 tardies. Mine are already racking them up this year too. Oh it's so, it's so, it's, it's so hard. And here's the thing. I, and I've, I've posted about this on our page too at The Real Deal of Parenting. I don't, and I'm sure, you know, with you having eight kids, me having five, I only have like one or two that wake up nicely. The other oh, ones, yeah. it is like, honestly, I lay there and I say a prayer every morning to Jesus as I keep pushing snooze because I'm putting it <laughs> off. And it is just one, I kid you not, is God is listening. I am not lying. I'm like, give me the strength, Lord. I dread waking my children up every morning. It is one of, I mean, if, and people are going to take this out of context because I was going to say it is one of the worst parts of my day. Not seeing them, not seeing that they're waking oh, up know, for, for another day. Dragging their butts out of bed. It is probably. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I know. I, I'd rather do like a lot of other hard things. It well, I is know. so difficult. Okay, but Grace, my oldest, my sixteen-year-old, literally. Reagan, literally, and I know that you sympathize with this and so many other people do, literally, her alarm will go off for 45 minutes, okay? Uh Uh Like, I hear it. I will hear it in my room, which, by the way, is on the other side of the house. I will finally hear it, like, Uh I hear it, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hear Grace's alarm. It's been going off. Like I finally hear it in my sleep because it, like, you just hear this like annoying right. sound, right? right. So yes. I'm across the house. It's right by her face mm-hmm. and it's been going on. She doesn't even hit snooze. Like she literally doesn't hear it as it's right next to her face. And I, I go into her room and I'm like, I finally like knock her on the head. I'm like, Grace. Well, how do you not hear this? And she says to me, oh, I, I just incorporate the noise into my dream. <sighs> like, she just is so dead. Like, my kids sleep so 
hard. Right. It is so, except for Alex. Now, Alex, Mr. Responsible, sets an alarm on his own, and he's up at 6.15 every day on his own, and goes wow. downstairs, gets his breakfast. Yeah. Does everything on his own. If all of my children were like that, can you imagine? My life would be amazing. But I only have one out of eight, so the statistics aren't good for families. <laughs> They're done. We have and one I out do, of eight. And I try, and literally, you know, my first seven times of, of telling them to get up are sweet. I'm rubbing their back. I'm rubbing oh, their the caps yeah. of their legs and their feet. And then it gets a little rougher. Like, come on now, come on. And then I start like smacking, like patting, yeah. smacking really hard, like the bottoms of their feet and their calves. And then I'm like, that's it. To, yeah. Then you have to like unleash the fury. Yes. And then I'm coming in with like a broom and like right. hitting them with like a broom. Just <laughs> up. And then it's like when they do, they're like, you're so mean. Oh, I'm sorry. The first 14 times didn't work. Yeah. I was nice oh, I those times. I know. <laughs> I can even come and like flip a light on. Like when I was in oh. high school, because I was terrible. I Let's be honest. I was awful too, getting up. I still don't like waking up in the morning. Right. Okay. I had yeah. snooze like 16 times. But, <laughs> um, but my, in fact, I plan my alarm knowing Okay, if I w- if I set the alarm at this time, I can hit snooze like three times. We and- oh my god, we're the same person. I'm the same way. I do but that. Why do I do that? Why don't I just because we know one time, one time Doug for Lent gave up hitting the snooze. That oh was my god, that was wow. it. and it was good for him. Like I I was like, well, that's too hard for me. <laughs> Sorry, okay, honestly, that's that much is of a sacrifice. I can't. That's such a small thing, but huge thing that would be yeah, so difficult. I know, right? I know. Wow. So, um, yeah, like I, yeah, but that's how I set my alarm. But um, you know, I don't remember what I was saying. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, it's, oh, my mom, when I was in high school, my mom would come in and she would just flip the light on. And that was, an, I'd be like, oh God, mom, oh, I can't see, I'm blind, you know? Right. My kid, I flip the light on, they're just like, they don't move. roll over. They don't care. Yeah. Oh yeah, mine. Oh, it doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother them. I, it, I could, I could have their. Uh, they have those. What are those little blinking lights? Strobe. LED. Oh, LED oh, lights. LED light. I could put those like on on strobe, <laughs> like flashing, that would cause someone to go into a thing. Oh, nothing. They they would just no, be nothing. unbothered. Yeah. I'm just like so every morning, and then my oldest Kendall, you know, who's almost sixteen, who you know her hormones change like seven times an hour. It's like she almost every morning, she's so mean to me. She's so mean to her siblings. And then like, I'll get a text from school, usually about this time right now. Mom, I'm sorry for being so mean. I'm just like, can you take a nice pill in the morning? Like, please. You know what though, Rick? I wonder like if there's something to this. So like, I'm about to start reading this book called Sacred Rest. Mm -hmm. And it's, did we already talk about this? Is it? Is this? Is this? Uh, you mentioned the you mentioned the author our, our yeah, last podcast yeah, about Dalton, all the different yeah Smith about all the different types of rest. Okay, so rest. I'm, right. I'm I'm about to start like re- really digging into it. Like I've okay. kind of read it once, but I'm really about to start rereading it because my staff we're all about to read. Oh, it. Oh, nice. Like, you're all reading it for the first time, and I'm gonna reread it and and really kind of dig into it and study it. Well, anyway. And I wonder, like, I wonder if I should read that to my kids because I wonder if, like, one of the reasons that that 
like our kids are so tired and I think like kids in general today are so tired is because they're just so busy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like busy, overstimulated. Yeah. Their minds are busy. I mean, my, my kids aren't like on phones or internet or anything like that, but like, I just think even with the activities, you know, and just schoolwork and social and it's exhausting. Yeah. I just wonder if they're like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I was tired. I remember being like tired, you know, when I was in high school and stuff. And that's normal, I think, for older kids. But I just think, like, even with younger kids, I just wonder, like, if some of their tiredness is because they need rest. And I don't mean like rest, like going to bed. I mean like brain rest, you know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, because Absolutely. so much of our school, like a lot of our schools, they've they've taken away a lot of their recess time. Like they get recess, but it's only like 15 minutes or something, you know, and kids really need more time they to do. expend energy and to just rest their minds. Rest. And, and I just wonder like if removing some of that stuff has like made our kids kind of exhausted. You know, I don't know, and I'm just shooting in the dark here. I don't know if it was Finland or or Sweden. One of those countries had come out showing their schedule for their students, which included more free time and more recess than any other country. Mm -hmm. And their students were scoring. they, They were so, they had such optimal scores and they swore by their schedule and giving the kids constant breaks throughout the day so they could go. And again, just think, I mean, I know as a 39-year-old woman, I struggle with ADD. Now, imagine a child who just is jittery and needs to be moving to sit there for hour after hour after hour. And the transition, whether they whether they switch teachers and walk in the hall for a couple minutes, or whether they're just switching books out of their desk and, and transitioning. Yep. That's just not enough time. That's not a break. That's not a mental no, break. Yeah. And honestly, I just find it fascinating, but I'm not surprised that countries that do give their children so many breaks throughout the day, yet they accomplish so much more than us that we're, they're just, we're just pounding pavement, right? Supposedly. Just work, 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 work. Well, you know what? Even like in other countries, like when I went to Spain um, and I was with a, a team there, uh, their group is called Asteorier, and I was with them and I was amazed. Okay. They don't go into work until like nine, 10 o'clock and they kind of mosey in. Okay. It's not like- right. You have to be here at nine o'clock. Okay. It's like bustle, bustle. Yeah. It's like any time you want to get here between nine and 10 is fine. Right. Which is totally my schedule. Okay. That's that's me. Okay. I'm like, I can work here. Yes. Okay. So, um, so yeah, they kind of mosey in between nine and 10, kind of, you know, very relaxed. Then they, you know, they work and then, um, and then they have lunch and they have like a two hour lunch. Okay. They take their time eating in Spain. I can tell you, they really enjoy food and they, you know, they, they've got like an hour and a half, two hour lunch. They really enjoy it. They don't rush through it. They take their time. They have fun together. They eat together. Like it's, you know, whatever. Okay. Then they come back 
and uh, from lunch, and they they have a siesta time. They have like a nap time. <laughs> oh my gosh! They I take love like that. a nap for an hour after lunch. And can we can we move there? Can we be employed? So they come back and they had these they had these couches all over their office. I was like, what kind of jackpot have I hit over here? Okay, right. They have couches. So you walk in. There's like people hanging out, laid back on these couches, like snoozing. All right. Then after their CS, they get up and they get right back to work and they work until like I don't know, like four thirty. They they literally only work probably like four to five hours a day, but they are more productive than any sure. American companies because when they're actually working, they're working, right? Yes. There's none of this like extra bull crap kind of like fill in sort of stupid stuff. It's like, right. no, when I am here... I am dedicated, like these four to five hours that I'm here, I'm dedicated to work. I'm not filling it in with busy stuff. Because let's be honest, nobody has the attention span to actually sit down at a desk and work straight for eight hours, no. right? Like nobody no. can do that. So you're you're breaking it up with like superfluous tasks, you yes, know? Absolutely. And, and meetings you actually don't have to have or... You know, going and doing this, going to the coffee station to break up your time. My butt's tired from sitting here. I'm going to go walk around or what? Yeah. Like, I'm going to check my Facebook. I'm bored with doing this. I need a break. Yeah. Whatever. They don't do that. They're like, when I sit down at my desk for the next hour and a half, I'm working. I'm doing nothing but answering emails, getting work done. What I mean, it was amazing to see the productivity that came out. Um, of that organization in just those like few hours a day. It was incredible. And they've got better and they're, they are done. I mean, like when they put their computer down, they're done. They don't go home and work on crap. They're not, you know, I mean, their family time is protected. It is sacred. And I was like, man, we need to do that in the United States. It would be amazing. Our family would look so different. Everything would look so different. You know, if we took up that sort of work ethic, Yes. In America. Like we need that, you know? And I don't know why we don't look at things like that, see how much happier, just more productive, how everybody's thriving. I know. You know? It's like whole team winning mentality. I love that. I know. Especially, I mean, I think especially just like, I just loved how they really protected family time. That was just yes. a really, it was really a, a beautiful thing. But again, there's not the busyness that we have here. Like they don't, they don't, you know, like we just do weird things with our kids here. You know, like we're just like, we need to have them in every sport and every club and every organization yep. and every, and they just don't do that there. You right. know, they're like, Nah, we just want to spend time with our kids, <laughs> you know, like right. we, and, and we just, I don't know. It's just even, like, even like the, the homework I, you know, when I was a teacher for 10 years, yeah. I never, no matter what grade I taught, I never gave much homework and it was never busy homework. Like yeah. when teachers do that, it irks me coming from a, a teacher herself. It irks me. So last night I am 
doing homework with Kennedy, who's in sixth grade, her first year of middle school. And there are so many nights and she had basketball practice. We did homework together before we did homework together after. And I'm saying it was, it was a quarter after 10 and we're still there. She's struggling. She's in tears. We're doing all this math homework. It was for one night. It was endless. It was difficult for me to get through some of these lessons. I, 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 I'm just like, this does not even seem reasonable for a sixth grader, all of this work. And so <clears throat> again, I just feel like overall we do, I think this is just putting it lightly, Abby, we do so much wrong here in the U.S. I mean, a I lot particularly, wrong. Particularly with our education system. I'm always like, look, you guys have my kids for eight hours a day. Yeah. Uh, if you can't get it done in eight hours, then that's Please save it for you, tomorrow. That's kind yeah. of a you problem, you know? Yeah, right. Yes. I mean, I, and I get that there's, you know, a, a lot of like behavioral issues and stuff like that, but there's actually not at the school that my kids go to. So, uh, you know, it's a private school and they're very strict and people don't have phones and their kids don't have phones and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, and there is a way to solve those types of things. You know, I hear teachers complain about like, oh, well, phones and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, school systems have got to get really tough about that sort of thing. Um, you know, at our at our kids' school, if the if phone is caught at school, it's taken away um, for an entire week. And the parent has to pay to get the phone back. Wow. Um, and, and that is that is intense. That is deep. And so that really doesn't. And so pe- so kids know, parents know to remind their kids. Oh no 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 no! There's no chancing it. Like that's you right. don't. And the, and the parent, a lot of parents are like, oh, I'm not paying for it. Right. Like you're yeah, you're, right. you're gonna have to figure out how to get money because I'm not right. I'm not paying to get your yes. phone. Like, you knew you weren't supposed to have your phone at school, so I'm I'm not paying right. for it. Right. You know. And so sometimes kids go like months without a phone because wow. they've got to babysit or they have to, you to know, they have yeah. to earn money somehow. And so yeah. there's a lot of times kids will just, they'll go for weeks without having a phone because they don't have the money to get it back. Well, those are just the consequences. I think a lot of schools are just, they're failing because kids don't have consequences. And, and that really ties into this whole bullying thing. I think a lot, I think a lot of bullies out there, they are bullies because they have not suffered consequences. Right. And, and I think, and I, I've got this theory. Okay. Now some of you are going to be like, Abby's terrible for thinking this. Okay. But I, I really do believe I'm onto something here. Okay. All right. Oh boy. Reagan, when you and I were in school, there was a way to deal with a bully. Okay. Right. And that, that way was they got their butt kicked. Okay. Eventually, eventually there was a physical altercation. Eventually a bully got put in its place. He got, he got put in his place, right? Or she got put in her place. Eventually there was a day of reckoning for that. Right. 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 Eventually that bully mouthed off to the wrong person one too many times or just one, one time. Right. Right. And that person was like, Oh, that's enough. 
Like I've, right. I've had it. You've messed with the wrong person. Yeah. You're going down. Right. Right. And then sometimes that was all it took. And then that bully was like, okay, like I'm not doing that again. Right. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a kid right now at Grace's school. I'm going to say needs a good butt whooping and he's going to get it. He's going to go to college and he's going to, he's going to smart off to the wrong guy in college and he's going to get his, he's going to get it. And that is going to tame his mouth. That, right? that's going to tame his tongue. Right. And that's what it's going to take. And, um, and I'll be fine with it when that, <laughs> right. I, I'd be fine with it if it happened right now, because sometimes <laughs> that's just what it takes. Right. Right. To make I, real change. Yeah. When I was growing up, and I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I did not know anybody who cut themselves, who participated in this self-mutilating yeah. behavior. It, it did not exist in my circle of friends, anybody I knew. I did not know anybody that participated in self-harm. I did not know anybody, never heard of anybody committing suicide when I was a kid. Those sorts of things just didn't happen. I mean, we drank, we, you know, we would get drunk, we'd go into a pasture, we'd get drunk and get busted by the cops and we did dumb things like that, okay? But we did not harm ourselves, we did not self-harm, we did not, I mean, I guess that's getting drunk in a pasture and running through barbed wire. That is, I guess, arguably harming yourself. But we did not like self-harm. We didn't sure. cut ourselves. We didn't try to hang ourselves. We didn't do anything like that, right? And I think an argument could be made, I believe, that one of the reasons that we see this self-harm behavior, the reason we've seen an increase, is because we have a lack of physicality with one another. There's this lack of like friction. We need physical contact with one another and we're not even allowed to touch each other anymore really right but i think that there is something to be said about you know saying to someone you meet me after school like by the football field right and we're right. going to handle this we're going to take care of this and you do and you fight it out and you deal with it and the emotions are released Right? They're right. not pent up in you anymore. Right? right? The emotions are released. The anger is released. The frustration is released. Right now, we've got kids who don't have a release. They don't release that. And so these emotions are all pent up and they don't know what to do with them. And so they start cutting themselves. Yeah. They start harming themselves because they don't have a release for yeah. these feelings. Yeah. That's kind of my theory. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with, to be honest. Um, you know, I agree. And I also think the other huge, the other, the other huge point that we didn't have Abby while we were in school was the cell phones. And although I know that your school doesn't allow phones there, which I think is just, phenomenal. Um, I think that's so incredibly 
rare. And the, I, I know my kids' schools, I, my children are in three different schools, elementary, middle, and high school. And all three buildings allow cell phones. And um, sadly, and now my kids are in public school, um, which I have so many, so many feelings on that. But especially at the middle school and high school level, the kids are on their phones all day long. And the teachers have to be aware of it. And so I, I, I just have so many so many thoughts on that and so many bones to pick with that. Um, and this is where the bullying really, I think, has amped up because so much of it is happening or at least starting behind these cell phones. You know, we call them keyboard warriors, whether it's, you know, they're on their computers or on their cell phones. This is where the majority is starting because these kids feel they feel safe behind their phone or their computer. They feel confident. Um, you know, it's not like, like you were mentioning, it's not like they can, uh, they have to face somebody in person and worry about, you know, getting, getting slapped or getting tackled for mouthing off. But if they're sending something vulgar, if they're sending a bullying text or Snapchat or, Mm-hmm. you know, message from their from their phone or computer. I I feel like this is where it's all beginning and this is where it's all escalating. And I even see it happening with my kids. And um I just wrote about this the other day, Abby. My biggest regret as a parent so far, and I have many, but it is giving my kids electronics as early as I did. Biggest regret. Biggest regret I have. And um, I did it, one, for safety, which I truly do mean that because I'm like, okay, it's school or their their sports or their friends and they're you know separated from me. I want them to be able to contact me. But two... And this makes me so upset at myself that I did this. I caved because everyone else had them around around my kids. Every other parent did it. And that makes me, that's so weak-minded. It makes me furious I caved because, listen, as I feel like I do parenting pretty different too. I didn't cave on other things that all parents did to their kids or didn't do or, or, or they decided with this. I didn't feel any type of pressure, even though everyone around you know us was doing something different. But why did I cave on this? I have, I have no idea, but I'm so upset. And um, I just, I just feel like it's the biggest complicator. It's the biggest. Which, which, even going back to 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 the the cutting and the suicides, I swear it all stems from what's happening on these phones. Truly, yeah, yeah. I I think so too. I mean, my kids. So my kids uh, have they have phone. Some of my kids have phones. A couple of my kids have phones, but they um, they have gab phones, and. Um, 
I love gab phones. Gab phones are, I mean, we say they're safe phones for kids. You can't download apps. You can't access the internet. Um, I think it's a great option for parents who, you know, are like you who are like, look, I want my kids to be able to get a hold of me, which I felt the same way. I was like, you know, my kids are at school and they, you know, do, uh, sports with their school. And so, I mean, not like we're not always there, but, um, pretty much, but still I wanted them to, you know, be able to contact me or if they're at a friend's house or, you know, whatever. Um, because, you know, when I was growing up, everybody had a landline. So, (laughs) you know, it's easy to just walk into your friend's kitchen and pick up the phone and call your mom. Right. But it's not that way anymore. Like you would have to ask your, you know, your friend's mom and what if it's a weird situation, right? And you're like, I'm not comfortable here and I want to call my mom, but maybe it's your friend's mom that's making you uncomfortable, right? Right. And so, and so I'm like, I want them to be able to contact me, you know, at any point in time. And so, um, so yeah, I wanted them to have a phone. I did not want them to have access to the internet. And I know uh, that it's very easy to get around parental controls on iPhones or, you know, whatever. And so I was like, no, I want a phone that's truly like, you cannot get onto the internet. Like it is completely locked down. It's locked down from the manufacturer. It's not a lockdown like that I can even undo as a parent. Um, it's just like manufactured that way. And so, um, anyway, so we ended up going with gab phones and they have a watch. We started with the watch. Um, and that was easy because you just program, uh, you can program like, I can't remember. It's like five or 10, I think maybe 10 numbers and only, those 10 people, they can only call out to those 10 people and only those 10 people can call in to that, that watch. And so that was nice. That gave us like Love peace that. of mind. So we started with the Gab watch and then, um, and then when Grace got older, we moved her up to the phone and, um, and that was great. And then now, um, Alex, who's 11, he has, um, the gab phone has been, it's been great. It's been easy and, um, and they can text, they can make phone calls, they can take pictures. It has a calculator. Um, and they have music, they have, they can access the radio. Um, well, it's not the radio, it's gab music, which is all censored, uh, family friendly music. And so nice. And it's so simple. And, um, and you just buy the device, which is cheap. Um, and then, uh, it's inexpensive and then you just buy the monthly plan. And, um, and I like, I love, I love Gab so much. Like I'm such a supporter of, of them and, um, yeah. And we're partnered with them too. Yep. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just, do we have a uh, uh, T-R-D-O-P for the real deal of parenting. Yeah. So if you go to, if you go to Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and then you, uh, there's a, if you like buy a, buy a phone or buy a watch or whatever, 
and then you go to um, there's a promo code listing, and you put in T R D O P. Um, it will You'll get a give discount. You, I think it gives you like twenty five dollars off or something um, of the device. So whatever promo is going on at that time, it'll give you money off of it. Yeah, because we're just such fans. They were like, "Oh, well, here, let's give your fans a a promotion." So there you go. I mean, it's I it's it's a no it's a no brainer, and it's a win win because every parent's number one priority should be their child's safety and then being able to get in touch with you while also keeping them from the evil on the internet and these in these apps, which I unfortunately had allowed my children to, to be exposed to. And, and I'm telling you, and I saw something somewhere, Abby, that said, once you allow your child onto social media, I think maybe let's say social media slash the internet, um, like having full access to whatever they want. You're basically giving them a ticket to exit their childhood. Mm, yeah. And it, good. and it hit me so hard because the majority of the stuff out there now that they are going to come into contact with is not innocent, not right. innocent at all. And I thought, wow, that's so heavy and so deep, but it's kind of, sort of, really true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, because oh. you're, you're, you are basically offering them up to predators. Yeah. Um, you know, you're offering them up to people who want to exploit them, people who want to harm them, and I mean, those are the people that are they're looking for our kids. You know. And, um, yeah, so I did look up some, I did look up some statistics about bullying and I I thought they were kind of interesting actually. So, um, it was less than I thought. I mean, I think that we kind of think that, you know, all kids are being bullied in school and, and whatever. Um, it was less than I thought. So the statistics were less than I thought. So, in the polls that they've done, they found that about 20% of kids age 12 to 18 experience bullying. I thought it would be higher, but it be too. It's about 20%. So I don't know like if it's just underreported. I don't know if these bullying programs are working, you know? Okay. I don't know if it's being reported more to authority, you know, to like school officials and they're handling it. I don't, I don't know. And I'm sure, I'm just sure just saying that it's absolutely underreported because think of how many helpless children don't speak up. They don't have anyone at home to tell about it either. That's going to do anything productive with it. Right. So they're just, they're just lost. They're lost in that mix, right? Where no one knows it goes unnoticed. So this is also interesting. So it said uh, students age 12 to 18 who reported being bullied said they thought that those who bullied them uh, had the ability to influence others' perception of them. 56% said that. 
and uh, 50% said it had more social influence. So what this is, it's basically a mean girl situation. So it's like a bunch of mean girl, mean girls making other people look bad, right? Like that's, that is essentially what a lot of these people feel like. Like a lot of these people that are being bullied are like, you are making me look like a terrible person. You're making me look like some kind of moron or like I'm a, a, you know, second class citizen or like I'm dumb or, you know, you're making fun of me to everybody. You're just making, so they can feel superior you know, so that they can feel better. Like you're mm-hmm. making, you're making fun of a, a physical characteristic that I have that I can't help. Right? right. I see that all the time. Um, you know, whatever, like, and, and so it's just like a bunch of mean people, um, you know, it sounds to me like it's a bunch of mean people making fun of other people, but not just making fun of them, like mercilessly ridiculing them. Right. Um, because, and the reason I say this is because only 40% said that they felt like their bullies were physically stronger or larger. And that's interesting to me because when I was in school, the bullies were pretty much always stronger or larger. Right. So... Yeah, same. Yeah. It's it's now like their words are hurting more than their bodies, right? Right. And that tells me, Reagan, that these little nitwits that are bullying, they just need to get their butts whooped. (laughs) Like that's. They're, they're, yeah, there's no repercussions. There's no repercussions. Like, no. That is why they need a good butt kicking because. These people that run their mouths, they've never had real consequences no. you know, for their actions. And if they did, they would stop. And they would it's stop. either, you know, they either come from, you know, a family that there's the, the, the parents or whomever they live with could care less, or they come from families where their child can do no wrong, Right. Or they had money. So 31% said they felt like they had more money than them. And so they just felt like they were like superior. Yeah. 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 But there was also another statistic I found kind of interesting. So it said, um, okay, the following percentages of students aged 12 to 18 had experienced bullying in the various places at school, 43% in the hallway or stairwell. So I thought, okay, so in between, when I first read this, I thought, okay, like in, in between class time, right? So like, you know, class changes, right? So, um, that, that needs to be a place then where we have, you know, teachers or hall monitors or, you know, something there. Right. But then I looked at the next highest. Well, guess where that is in the the freaking classroom, (laughs) in the classroom itself with the, with the teacher there. Yeah. 42% in the classroom. Like what the heck is going on? The teacher's supposed to be instructing and learning is taking place. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like what in the world? What, And that just tells me that there is this systemic failure with the administration 
that we are not giving our teachers enough leeway to discipline children, to uh, give consequences to these kids in the classrooms. I mean, classroom, so many classrooms in public schools are out of control. I mean, we all see the videos, but I think so much of it, I mean, yes, some of it is that the teachers are actively engaged as activists and they're not really there to teach our kids, but there are so many good teachers in these public schools and they're not given any authority. All of their authority has been taken away and the kids are running the classrooms. Right. Right. Absolutely. I could not, I could not agree more. There's been a complete shift in power and, and the students know it too, right? Uh, I mean, the students know you can't touch me. Yes. You can't do this to me. You can't say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely, you know, back in the olden days, man, you'd get a, you'd get a ruler to your, like your hand, you'd get put in a corner, a paddle to your butt, a paddle. Yeah. And then that was, that was it. Um, uh, you know, you didn't do that again, but today, you know, and, and the kids are smart, even the young ones, they, the kids are manipulative, they know, and, um, it's just completely shifted the dynamics and I could not, God bless the angels of teachers who are out there. Mm-hmm. I could not go into the public school system again, like I did before. I wouldn't, I, I just, because I'm not one that can go along with so much of this indoctrination that's happening and mm-hmm. I cannot go along with catering to children's false ideologies. Yeah, no. I I can't play the part. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Nor would I make the other children in the room play the part. And so it's a really, it's a really wild time. And I, for one, you know, the other difference between Abby and I, you know, her kids are in private school, mine are in public school. They are not in public school by my choice. Um, I'm not saying all public education is bad. I'm not saying all public school teachers are bad. Like I just said, I was one myself for a decade. Um, I think there's angels of, of teachers out there. Um, God bless them for their for their work. But do I think on a whole the public school system is failing our children? Absolutely, for a number of reasons. Absolutely. Um, do I think the majority of teachers feel broken and, and beaten down and they are just there collecting a paycheck just to make it through the day? Yes, I do. Um and look, there can be bad teachers in public, in private schools. Sure. I mean, absolutely. That, sure. There are terrible things that happen in private schools too. Um, you know, we, we had a, we had a bad situation with, with one of the teachers in my kid's school and she's, thank God, no longer there. Um, but you know, there's, there's bad actors everywhere. You know, and everywhere, uh, everywhere is a bit infiltrated for sure. Yeah. And what, you know, one of my kids has ADHD, um, and is medicated for it. And, uh, we could do a whole show on that. Um, and, uh, you know, and then uh, another one of my kids needs some extra intervention with reading and reading comprehension. If we didn't, if, if our private school wasn't able to provide those things, 
for him, uh, w you know, we would probably put him in public school. And we're we're in a um, a small town. The public school system has not been yet infiltrated um, with the disgusting things that we see in larger cities. Um, and so I I would feel comfortable putting, you know. I, I wouldn't feel bad about putting my kids in the public school here. I would not have the ability as as a, a mom to homeschool a couple of my kids that that have a little more um, needs. They, they have some needs that yeah. I I would not be able to to fulfill. To meet, yeah, um, for them. And so I feel like if if you know the school that we have them in could not meet those needs, if they didn't have those interventionists there, like we would put them in public school. Right. Um, and that's just the way it is. That's why though, we need to keep fighting for good public education. We can't just be Pull like, over. Oh, yep. screw it's, it. Like, it's you know, done. It's, it's over with. It's, it's a lost dead. cause. Yeah. And we have to keep fighting for it because the bottom line is that there will always be kids that need public education and yes. Yes. public education is not bad. Um, there, I am not a homeschooling mom guys. I, I, Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I mean, when we were forced homeschooling, you know, during COVID, Oh, it was bad, you know? And I, yeah, I didn't even make my kids do anything. Cause I, I couldn't <laughs> right. do it. I just did right. the work for them. Honestly, right. I was like, like, give me the paper. Let me just do I, it. Give it I to me. Like, just, what, I was like, where's the vocabulary test? Where do I log in? I'll do right. it. I'll do right. it for you. I because sometimes it. it's easy. Yeah. It's, I was it's like, all... what, what color is this bird supposed to be? I'll color it and I'll <laughs> color it outside the lines to make it look legitimate. Like I, we've all been there. Yeah. Do it. I can't. I cannot do it. I cannot wrangle and manage at that time. It was seven kids homeschooling. I could not do it. And, and so I was like, Oh, I need the school system, you know? And right. um, so I, I don't, I understand, you know, I'm not a, I, I do, I am a public school proponent, but we have got to get these schools in check and, and we need good people on our school boards. We need conservative yes. people running for the school board. Even if you don't have kids in the school, it's fine. We need good people, um, yes. running for, for school board positions for sure. But this bullying thing is not, it's not going to get better. I, I, there was a, there was a, uh, there was an article that came out of Texas. There's a Texas, uh, school system where they are still paddling kids. No, um, hey. And I love it. I was like, <laughs> bring back paddling. Bring it back. I love it. I'm yeah. like, I will sassy clap that all the way to the bank. I love paddling. At, you know, junior high and high school, when I was, when I was uh, in school, full of paddling, okay? Everybody got the paddle. Women, young women, young men, everybody got it. Okay. Right. I mean, and, and there were holes in the paddle to make it sting just a little more, you know, that makes your paddle more aerodynamic. Oh my um, gosh. But I'm for it. You know, it was like, you can either take licks right. or you can go to detention or in school suspension either way. Like, and people yeah. are like, no, nah, I'll take three licks, you know, like get it, get it out of the way. Yeah, right. It's so much more effective 
than this, some of these ridiculous punishments that we're giving to our kids or lack of punishment um, that our kids I are mean, getting. Abby, for example, last year, my son, my oldest son got in school suspension. I don't even remember what it was for. And he loved it. <laughs> he loved it and asked to go back because do you know what he did during in-school suspension? Huh. He played Fortnite. Mm. He played Fortnite. Oh, yeah. And I'd, he, want to, I'd want to go to ISS too. Why not? He... Want, he couldn't, he's just like, mom, it's so great. And the teacher's so great. And I played Fortnite all day and it was so cool and so fun. So my son actually wanted to do something to get put back in there. And I, I put a stop to that real quick. And I'm yeah, like, Hey, guess what? You find yourself in in-school suspension again. Guess what's going to happen at home. But, but at any rate, so I'm, so there's just, there's just one specific example right there for you. Oh, oh, that's his punishment. Oh really? You're letting him sh- Why kill people. Why did they even there? have Fortnite in ISS? Right. It, it was our, it was hooked up. It was it was amazing. Um, I have no idea, but he was just that was his dream day of being punished in school suspension playing Fortnite. I have no idea. However, my kids in in to just go back to the bullying as we wrap up here. They have my three oldest have such little instructional time and, and not maybe not every class almost all of their classes though such little instructional time at the beginning then they whatever they complete their work and then you know they hurry through it and everybody's done so they have this free time then mm-hmm. where they're all on their phones they're all messing around my son takes videos and shows them to me. Mom, look how cool this happened in so uh, Mr. Mr. Whatever's class, and he's just so cool. And this happened in Mrs. Whatever's class, and uh, they're just so laid back. We just we're just tossing the football, and like he literally shows me videos in class. In class, yeah. That that's uh-huh. why the bullying happens. That's you're, you're why the bullying anything. happens exactly. And I'm like, what in? God's name, like what? Uh, so it's you know, it's it's exhausting. However, sadly, bullying is only going to stay the same, if not increase, if we you know if things don't change, um, if we don't have harsher punishments, if we don't have consistent consequences, if we don't give teachers more authority back in the classroom, if parents are not on the side of teachers when their child, in fact, is wrong. I've had so many teachers approach me about something, even minor things, like I want to talk to you about, you know, this that's happening or, you know, they're talking too much or they're kind and I'm like, listen, I'm on your side here. If If my kid's doing this, in fact, you know, I'm on your side. I'm not one of those parents who's going to say my kid does no wrong. If this is what they're doing, oh, we'll we'll figure it out at home too. I'm on your side. Yep. This will stop. Let me, I will do something to help you. We need more parents being like that, thinking not or not thinking my child's holier than thou. They could never do anything wrong. Now, mind you, there has been two situations, maybe even three, where I have found even other st- that, that the teacher wasn't being completely honest and I went to bat for my kids. So I'm not yeah. saying you just fall on a sword and say your child's no, done this. You, you, you figure out the whole story. But when your child is wrong, which our children are very imperfect little creatures, yep. 
you're helping them by having consistent consequences, by being on the teacher side. So you are showing that authority, yeah. um, that unitive authority, right? So, because everybody, all the players have to, that are in your child's life have to be on the same team. Otherwise, it's it's not going to work. I think your a child- lot of the I think a lot of the behavior that kids display is from what they see in their parents. Sure. So, I mean, I go, I you know, I travel around. I see the way that a lot of adults act toward each other, toward. Um, customer service representatives, you know, whether it's waitresses or even right. people on the phone, um, you know, just people that they deal with in customer service every day, right? Um, you know, the, yeah. person, the checkout line or whatever, you know, the cashier, um, just the way that we handle each other every day, people are rude. Um, they're unforgiving. Yeah. They're so entitled. And I think, you know, and they'll be doing that with their kids standing right there. And so it's like these adults, these entitled adults, like bullying someone who they feel like is under them, less than sure. them. So of course their kids are going to right. mock that, you know, they're going to mimic that behavior, right? And they're going to start mocking other people that they feel like are less than them or whatever, because they're just going to mimic whatever their parents are doing. And, and so I think we have to pay attention to our behavior too, and model good Christ-like behavior. Um, even when we're frustrated, even, you know, even when we're annoyed, uh, with that customer service rep on the phone or whatever, because our kids are watching and they're going to behave as, as we behave. And I want my kids to always be charitable and, you know, patient and, you That's know, so to, true. to have forgiveness when people mess up or whatever, because God knows I mess up all the time. So, um, I, I want them to model yeah. that behavior. And it's so true, Abby, so, so many, if not all of the behaviors or uh, mannerisms that my kids show that I don't, that I don't like, or that I want them to improve on. I see, I, I, I see so much of myself in them. Do you know what I mean? Like, where did they get that from? Where did they get that from? (laughs) Like, or when I'm arguing with my oldest and I'm like detesting her attitude and behavior, I'm like, she's a spitting image of me right now. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you hate that? I hate, I'm like, why am I like this? I couldn't even deal with myself. (laughs) I'm always like, I always feel like I need to call my mom and be like, sorry. Right. I just saw I just saw myself in grace. Right. Sorry. Sorry I was such a butthole when I was a teenager. Yeah. It's it's just it's wild. It's wild, but it is it's like we're always uh, we have to be held to a higher standard. We have to suck it up and be better and do better if we want our children to do the same. Because if we're asking them to do that every day in every environment they're in, whether at home, at school, at sports, at a friend's house, out at church, at a restaurant, out in public, then we have to be doing that. My gosh, if we're asking a child to do that, we have to do that. And it is not easy. It's not easy dealing with people who are especially not not kind, not reacting how we want them to be. And so you're right. That's the first step, Abby. Modeling 
how we want our children, how we expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. We're, yes. we're at time and we love talking to you guys. And, uh, you know, it's, let's see, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but it'll be something awesome. You know what? We, we have so many ideas and I think, no. I think we're going to talk about how much our children from babies to toddlers, our school age children have really seen the effects from the lockdown from the, you know, from the pandemic, what happened at school, what happened everywhere, how that really changed our children. And we can't be ostriches in the sand and blind to that and how we can't ever allow that to happen again. Um, Even, I I think what I find really interesting is even language development. Yes, Um, that's a huge. Like babies and toddlers, you know, because they, I don't, you know, they couldn't see faces. They couldn't like see our mouths. And anyway, I just find that really interesting. So we'll we'll talk about that maybe next week, possibly next week. We don't know. It's always a mystery with us. It is. You never know where we're going. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, everybody have a good week. It's, it's been a, it's been, you know, Doug, my husband was sick uh, two days ago and he, he threw up one time, Reagan. So I thought I was going to have to call Biden and have him declare a national emergency. Um, oh, when men are sick, it was very, it was very serious around here. Um, Poor thing. He's, Abby, Abby, I just threw up. Oh my gosh! And he's so dramatic. Every woman listening can can relate to this. He's so dramatic <gasps> when he throws up. It's so loud. I I've decided he's trying to wake up the entire neighborhood. Um, and he's like, he's always like, oh, I just, I wanted to wake you up to let you know I threw up. I'm like, I, I know I heard you. We all heard you. The only thing that would wake up my children is Doug throwing up and then, oh, like an alarm wouldn't God. do it, but Doug throwing up with it's so and I, I have hyperemesis gravidarum with all of my pregnancies. So that means I throw up like 20 to 30 times a day. Oh. He is so pathetic looking at me going, I threw up. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, how many times? He's like, once. I'm like, okay, well. You're, go back to sleep. You're fine. You better lay down then. We're on the verge of an emergency room trip one whole time. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh my so, gosh. Bless him. Bless him. I gave him a thinner again. Now look, when I had Grace, it was 16 years ago, really the only thing that they had for pregnant women at that time, if you were sick, was Finnergan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I took Finnergan, which does indeed make you very tired. I took Finnergan and worked all day because, I mean, that's what I had to do. Right. right. So, right. Yeah. I was tired, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? I was tired, but I worked. I gave Doug a Finnergan at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay, this was on Sunday. I gave I gave Doug a Finnergan at nine o'clock in the morning. Took the kids to mass. We went to a gun show. I kept him out like all day, right? Yeah. It, not bother him so as to not bother this poor sick man. And um, and I come back. That joker did not wake up until 5.30 p.m. He slept from 9 to 5.30. He's like, I don't know what you gave me, but I couldn't even open my eyes. 
I'm like, it's what I, I worked on all day. I worked pregnant on that. with no, Grace all day, every day. So uh, <laughs> for eight months, but you know, it's fine. But he's he's better, and thank goodness. Thank goodness. I almost ask our priests, like, can you include Doug in the prayers of the faithful? Because please, and can you alert the prayer chain? Because my husband is going down fast. He threw up one time. <laughs> We may need to bring you over to the house, Father. I need for a little. Uh, yeah, I need anointing of the sick. You're right. Over here. We're on we're we're on uh we're on death's bleak times. It's bleak. Oh it's bleak. <laughs> oh, he's, he's better. He's he's back to work. You know, he doesn't get sick very often, so I guess I gotta I gotta let him have it. So right. every once in a while. Every <laughs> once in a while. I gotta let him have it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, we're we're back it. to normal over here. And then of course the next day, like I start feeling sick because, right. of course, he gives it to me. Um, yeah. Because what does he do? He gets sick. He comes right back to bed next Breathing to me. Breathing on you, like, fuming on you. In another room and lice all the crap out of this room, okay? Like, don't go right. back and breathe on me, your vomit <laughs> breath on me. Like, gross. And like, go upstairs. Go to another room. Anyway, go quarantine yourself. He didn't. He oh stayed my God. the entire time. So then the next day, like I start feeling sick, but I'm working all day. Like I'm, I'm sick. Right. I'm, right. I'm pushing through. Stuff. I'm still working. I took a nap in the morning, but then I like just kept working. Right. You know, it's just what we have to do. See, there are true, true valid differences between men and women. That's right. There just are. And the ability yeah. to handle those type of things is one of them. <laughs> That's right. I mean, bless them. We we need them for other things, but <laughs> right. sickness is it's just not their cup of tea. It's just not. Oh my god! I'm, glad, I'm glad that God made Doug healthy because if he yes. wasn't, oh Lord, God knew. God knew we'd be in trouble. So right. All right. Well, I hope everybody does stay healthy out there. I hope all of everybody's husbands especially stay healthy out there so everybody can continue, continue their work. Um, I love it. But yeah, well, as we say, everybody be safe out there, keep spreading the gospel and keep raising your little saints. Amen. We'll see you next time guys. Bye. Hey friends, Nicole Eunice here from the How to Study the Bible podcast. I want to invite you to experience a fresh look at the story of Joseph and what it means for you today. Life can totally throw us for a loop, whether it's your family or your marriage, work, church, or something else entirely. Maybe you have found yourself in a season that you never would have expected and that you certainly wouldn't have signed up for. In this six-week Bible study together, we're going to talk about the biblical story of Joseph, a man who lived an unexpected life and trusted God through it all. We'll talk about the blessings he experienced, the promises God keeps, the way that tests of our character can actually refine our faith. We'll talk about patience. We'll talk about loss. Absolutely talk about redemption. So come join us for the six-week series over on the How to Study the Bible podcast. Can't wait to dive in with you.